you know, something amazing happened after the election, which was, you know, we were all pretty crushed initially, but then women had to decide. Either guys like that are meant to win, or you're playing by the wrong set of rules, and I'm going to do things differently, because we deserve better than this. And I wanted to get to the root of what that was about, and have women, you know, learn some lessons from what I saw happen, you know, to us during the Clinton campaign, but, you know, also you know, read this book, see what I, you know, what I've experienced, lessons I learned, and then what does that mean for you in your life? So it's sort of a field guide for the time that we're living in now. It seems like, as women, we are making such great strides. We are getting so far we are accomplishing so much but honestly when we're still talking yeah. about the sound of a woman's voice we haven't oh, gotten know, that far we haven't you know i was a little bit blind to some of the obstacles that still exist i think because there is so much opportunity and i think generally you feel there's a sense that women can do anything that men can do professionally but you know what i realized was i was doing great in a man's world <laughs> i wasn't doing great and making it our world. And mm. I think that's what we get to do now. You know, it seems crazy that we're still talking about a woman's voice, but historically speaking, it's still a radical thing for a woman to be in charge. We've only had the right to vote for less than 100 years, been 98 years. And Hillary's mom was born on the day the Senate gave final passage to the amendment that um, was then ratified to give them the right to vote. Her mom, not like her great-grandmother, it's recent. Right. And, you know, we've been, politics in the workplace have been around for centuries and centuries, and they were created by men, and they grew up to be comfortable places for men to succeed in. So we are still trying to fit in, and I feel like that's what happened with Hillary. We had her fit in a male model, because that's the only model that we had for what it looks like to be president of the United States. And now women get to say, yeah, I can do it the same way a man can. Uh, I can do any job just as well as student, but I don't want to. I want to do it the way I want to do it. And, you know, there's not a model for that sometimes, but we get to be the ones that make it. There's a lot of women running for office now, and I want them to read the book and understand when they hear people say, well, you sound a little shrill, or you need to be stronger, or you need to, you know, show us some vulnerability, but don't ever look weak. If that doesn't make sense to you, you are correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trust your confusion. <laughs> That's because there isn't a right way. You are the right way, as you are now. And you are showing us what it looks like for a woman to be leading. And it can be intimidating at first, but I think once you understand that what you're doing is making history, um, and there aren't models for that, that's an empowering thought. I think one of the things we talk about most on the Shine On show lately is integrating all the parts of yourself into whatever you do. As women, I think we've yes. had to... Yeah, right? We've had to cut off yeah, pieces of ourselves. You don't take this to work. You don't take this to the office. You don't show them this. You don't show them that. But now, for us to be authentic, we have to bring all of our parts to and integrate all of ourselves, right? Yes. A, to be authentic, we got to do that. B, I don't think anybody looks at the world and thinks we're doing great, that we have all the answers, we got it all figured out, right? Nobody thinks that. So if you bring more of ourselves to however you engage in the world, I think that only helps, right? If we, if we share more of ourselves, we might find some bridges, we might find a way to get over some of these divides. Mm -hmm. And I thought a lot about, you know, the things that we hold on to that we're not supposed to do, as you noted. And I, I think what's at the root of that is still a sense that being a woman is something you have to overcome right. to fit in at the workplace. Wow. Right? A friend of mine, right? That's yes. what it's about? Yes. That is what it's about. 
And a friend of mine talked about how she cried at work and she felt that she, she was upset about it because she felt that she'd been exposed. And I thought, what a telling comment, right? Because it's like, it's been revealed I don't actually fit in here. Like, they caught me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I'm somebody, I'm a big crier, but I'm also very strong. These things can coexist. Like I said, we've spent centuries making and creating the workplace, so we shouldn't expect to fit in. There's something, you know, I think that's part of why some women feel like they have the imposter syndrome because, again, trust your confusion. If you feel like you're not quite fitting in, maybe that's because it wasn't created with you in mind, and now you get to imagine, you know, what, what, how it would work for you better. Right. Trust your confusion. I like that a lot. And, you know, for women, right? yes, trust your confusion. You're not crazy. There's something off here. And for women who feel they have the imposter syndrome, I'd love to have a panel discussion with men because I'm sure they feel like imposters at times, too. Mm, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I don't. I'm serious. I don't know. I had a friend recently, a really great guy, you know, working on the Clinton campaign. And he's like, yeah, I know. A lot of women feel that way. I don't get it. I've never felt that way. Oh. Um, So... Okay, yeah. maybe not all, yeah. but perhaps some. Not all. I think some. I think some do. I think women feel it, generally feel it more pronounced. You know, I, I also, in my experience, men of color are more likely to feel that than white men. Mm-hmm. President Obama, for example, he had an ability to read people and understand, you know, their hesitations, their inhibitions, their fear. And I feel like, you know, well, that's because he grew up as a black man in a white family in a white country. He knows what that's like, right? He knows what it's like to feel fear. And I'm not one of my friends, a guy who's white, but to me during Me Too, it's like I'm embarrassed to say this, but it never occurred to me that women go through their days feeling fear. Wow. It never occurred to me that uh, women go through their days feeling fear. Right. Wow. Really? Yeah, we do. Yes, yes, we certainly do. And if you don't, you know, that's a big difference between us. No wonder you think everything's going to work out. Jennifer Palmieri wrote an open letter to the women who will run the world. Dear Madam President, when you look back on this this season, the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign season, in 2020 hindsight, what would you have done differently, if anything? It's hard to know because, you know, we're, I feel like we're living in a different world now and things that worked, would, would work now for a woman on think would have worked for her. But I would say she had a very good sense of all of the obstacles she was going to face and a more realistic sense about them than the rest of us. And I would have listened to her more. I think we probably would have saved ourselves a lot of consternation if we just understood, you know, trusted our confusion that she knew best how to handle some some things. And, uh, you know, there's some we lost by so little, a lot could have, you know, any one thing could have made the difference. Right. Um, and, you know, you know, she's been Hillary Clinton her whole life, so she knew how this was going to go. Right. And, you know, this story still is writing itself. This story isn't over yet. No, not at all, which is why, oh, no. I mean, even just in the six weeks since it's been out, I um, just in having a chance to go across the country talking to women about it, feel like I've learned a lot by seeing other women's experience now and how they're engaging in the world differently. And, um, you know, ha- happily, we see a lot of women winning. It's, uh, it's pretty encouraging. Yeah. Now, the Hillary Clinton that came out and gave her final speech, her concession, concession speech, I guess, was a very different yep. person than we saw on the campaign trail, right? Yeah. Now, was that, because, was that because, go ahead. 
that's because, and everybody loved that, right? Everybody loved the concession speech and said to me, like, why didn't we see this side of her when it mattered? And she was so gracious and selfless. And it's like, yes, because we're comfortable with that, right? We're comfortable with the role of a woman being selfless and putting her interests aside in, in service of others. And when you're running for president, here, here are the things you have to say. I want, I want the most powerful job on the planet. Mm-hmm. I am the best person for the most powerful job on the planet, and here are all the reasons why I would be great at the job and the guy I'm running gets would be terrible. That's what you have to do. That is the job. That is what you have to do. And that is not easy. You know, that's not a very appealing thing to hear. And it's certainly not a very appealing thing for us to hear from a woman. And, you know, that's why it's not possible to be gracious and selfless when you are in a competition to be the president of the United States. So that's what we got to get over. Yes. Um, you know, I, I sometimes wonder if the world had been different and women had been in charge for, you know, thousands of years, would elections be different? Would there be a council of women that got together and selected who they believed would be best right. <laughs> as opposed to having, as opposed to having these competition, these competitive elections that are very ego and me focused, but that ain't the world we're in. So right. that's, women can't have to do and that's what we have to you know be willing to hear from a woman and and, and that the Hillary experience proved that was still a little hard right still a little hard and and I get it now I couldn't put my finger on it but you're right the world is much more comfortable with a woman with her heart on her sleeve you know being um accommodating Selfless, selfless. Yeah, and it was a really telling thing. We did opinion research about her before the campaign, and what we found that people liked the best about her, their favorite attribute of her, was that she'd been been willing to work for President Obama even though he had beat her in the 2008 election. Mm -hmm. I was really surprised by that because I thought, well, first of all, if anybody was being gracious, I thought it was President Obama, right? Mm -hmm. Also, it's not as if being... Secretary of State isn't an enormous privilege. It is. So, but what people saw, you know, made me think, wow, you must think she's an all about ambition. You must think that's the only thing she's about is what, you know, what makes you think well of her is that she was able to put her ambition aside Mm -hmm. and just, you know, to work for this, for her former opponents. You know, I, I think that what we still struggle with, and it's discouraging, but as we talked about earlier, it's scope of human history, this stuff is still kind of kind of new. And what I find inspiring about it is if there is more work to be done, there, that also means there's more uh, games to be won. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Thinking about those games is exciting. Yes, yes, I agree with you there. Thinking about where we're headed is very exciting. Two more questions. Uh, what do you think Hillary yes, will ma'am. do next? Uh, I'm not sure. She is, you know, she's very concerned about, like I tell you, her mind is on the state of America right now. Right. And that, you know, she's really, don't think she thinks about this as like, wow, I wish I were president. She thinks about this as, wow, I'm really concerned. What are we going to do to get through this difficult period? How are we containing the damage that's being done? How are we going to come out of it? I mean, she's very, uh, she's a warrior. That woman is a fretter. Mm-hmm. And that's what's occupying her mind now. But as her husband says, Leave Hillary Clinton alone in place for a month to come back. It's a better place. Like she. Wow. Um, so you know, it's so true. So true. Like, what are we going to do about this problem? What are we going to do about that problem? She'll always 
they working, she'll always be, you know, having a productive role. But I gotta say, she is pretty concerned about the state of the world right now. And what are you gonna do next? Um, I think you know, I love this book, which I love, and I uh, really enjoy writing. I continue to do that, and I also do work for a great couple of institutions. One is um, the Emerson Collective, which is the Rain Powell Jobs Group. They do really great work on education and immigration, criminal justice reform, and then also the Center for American Progress, which is where I'm. Uh, going to be at their ideas conference today. So, oh, wonderful. Um, All right. We'll let you go get to the conference. And where can we go to find out more about you? DearMadamPresidentBook.com. And also I'm going to be at the Scarsdale Library at the evening of June 7th. So it would be great to see people there, too.